friends, we have been journeying as a church in a sermon series called New Beginnings, and we've reflected on the life of, of some of those biblical characters, those who have been changed forever because of an encounter with God. And some of these stories have been familiar to us, but there are also those that perhaps are new to us. But in each of these new beginnings, um, we uh, acknowledge that God is at work. He's always at work in the lives of His people, and He has a habit of changing and transforming all of us from the inside out as we navigate the highs and the lows of living life in this world. Today, you and I get to unpack a little bit around the story of the woman at the well. And uh, I've been asking God the whole week, God, like, what is a good illustration for women at the well? And so God switched off the water for the whole of Benoni for us to go and gather at the wells today to go and get some water. God's got a wicked sense of humor. The woman at the well, this place where two strangers meet beside a well on a very hot afternoon in a place in Samaria. One is a woman, the other is a man. We don't know the woman's name, but we know the man's name, and his name is Jesus. And at this well, there is a brief conversation that begins, and this brief conversation ignites a new beginning. And I'd like to say perhaps a new beginning, not just for one of them, but for both of them. And so this morning, I want to do things a little bit differently, and I want you to turn your eyes to the screen as we watch a conversation that takes place between these two strangers. It is a clip from a series called The Chosen, and if you haven't watched The Chosen, I encourage you to go and do so. But this interaction is captured in John 4, verses 1 to 26, and I encourage you to go and read it. And so we give thanks to God for this conversation, which we find in God's Word in John 4, from verses 1 to 26. And so I wonder how this is going to look in Benoni today, somewhere at a tanker collecting water. I wonder what would have happened if this woman had to come and draw water today here in Benoni. Seeing her approach the well, how many of us would pull out our phones, look down and try everything not to make our contact with her? We may have even been saying some things like this, well, with those ragged clothes, I bet she's coming to ask for cash. We may even be saying, hmm, she's carrying a bag, and I bet you she's wanting to sell me something I don't really need. Maybe as she approaches us at the well, we say something, I've seen her around the parking lots at the shopping malls, and, and I know everything I need to know. I don't need to engage. Perhaps I'm being cynical, friends. Perhaps I'm underestimating our capacity for grace as people of faith. But if we look at our community today, in today's day and age, it's so easy for us to feel like we're lost, even though we are surrounded by people in a city called Benoni, because we hide in a maze of eight-foot walls with electric fences and security cameras that separate us from one another. 
And that's why I believe now more than ever, we need stories just like the one that we've just watched. Stories that paint a picture for us from Scripture. That teach us that there is salvation to be found in embracing one another. Stories that remind us that nobody, absolutely nobody, is excluded from a new beginning. Friends, just to give you some context of Jesus leading into the story we've just watched. Jesus is on His way. And uh, He sends His disciples off to go and get some food. And so He goes alone on His journey. He goes on his journey through Samaria, not because this is the shortcut, the shortest way back to Galilee. This city of Sikar, where the well is, is actually a bit out of the way. But Jesus went there deliberately because he knew it was necessary. As I was preparing, I noted that the Greek verb used here implies it was his duty. It even expresses that it was the will of God that Jesus went there. So in other words, Jesus needed to change his journey from going straight to Galilee to pass through Samaria in order to fulfill a mission and to be obedient to the will of God. And so here we find the Messiah by Jacob's well. Tired out from being on this incredible journey. And we know that he went here because something significant is about to take place. Not only because Jesus has set out to fulfill his mission, but because he has stopped here at Jacob's well, to be precise. At the very well where Jacob met his beloved bride, Rachel. Throughout the Old Testament, we read that wells are places of significant encounters. And this nameless woman is there. She's there in the middle of the day, and it doesn't really make any sense. But she's in the middle of the day at the hottest time to draw, draw, draw water. And that's how this has been set up. And the Messiah is going to meet her at this inconvenient place at an inconvenient time. We heard that she is a Samaritan woman, a five-time widow, a woman who comes to the well at high noon because no other Samaritan woman wants anything to do with her. The thing about this woman is that she lives life on the margins. She's been sent out from her own community. She is a woman whose identity is one that no one loves. And she is desperate. She is desperate for the love that she is not getting. And so here we find that something amazing happens for her. And as Jesus arrives, she receives the love that she's been longing for. But more than that, our Jesus, our Jesus does something radical. And he crosses a boundary line. He disregards the line that's been drawn in the sand by society. And he does it his way. He strikes up a conversation. He says these words to her. 
Can I have a drink? Can I have a drink? It's a simple request, but one that conveys so much more than just I'm thirsty. It conveys a sense of vulnerability. And so what Jesus does here, this question, it levels the playing field just enough that this Jewish man and this Samaritan woman can actually have a conversation. He takes a massive risk that begins a relationship and it surprises the heck out of the woman at the well. It is the last thing that she was expecting. We know that Jews didn't have much in common with Samaritans after all. But Jesus isn't phased by the woman's quick replies and her sharp wit. He continues and he pushes through and he offers her living water. And so I want us just to forget for a moment about the fact that their nations despise each other, the Jews and the Samaritans. Forget about the fact that single men do not converse with scorned women. Forget that barriers and stereotypes. There is something precious to be found here. And it's something that satisfies the soul far more than a drink of water could ever satisfy. And you know what it is, friends? It's that new beginning. It's this new beginning that Jesus offers the Samaritan woman. It's a new beginning that is wrapped in love and in the grace of God. And it is here at the well that it flows in abundance. It is just what she's been hoping for. And this love and grace of God is something she had never experienced before. And so here, love and grace is freely flowing. Even as this woman's life story, her secrets, her shame, is all thrown out on the table. Even as Christ names the truth that isolates her. And he says to her, he calls it out, you've had five husbands. And the one that you're with now is not your husband. All her shame is thrown out for everybody to see. But as Jesus does that, he is not doing what so many before him have tried to suggest. He is not condemning her because he throws out her baggage on the table. His response is one of compassion. His response is one of love and of grace. Because Jesus sees her. He sees you and he sees me and he sees her. He doesn't see the suitcase that she drags around with him. He doesn't see our baggage that we cling to. He sees us and he sees her. And he sees her as one who has been deemed unlovable and unworthy. He sees her as one who has suffered loss of relationships. He sees one who doesn't have a community. And in this, he draws near to her, and he offers her something the world has never offered. And you know what her response is, friends? She sees him. And in this video clip we watch, she's a bit startled and gobsmacked. 
And there's like a light bulb moment, and she says, you're a prophet. There's something about that encounter with Jesus that changes her. And then she says these words, tell me, where is the right place to worship? And boy, is this a loaded question coming from a woman in Samaria. This is the very issue that has divided Jews and Samarians for centuries. And so she pushes on and she says, tell me, sir, which of us is right? Which of us is right? Is this a question that you've perhaps asked in your life, in your relationships? Who's right and who's wrong? Who's in and who's out? And then Jesus offers a response. A response that you and I perhaps need to hear today. It's a response found in John 4 from verse 23. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you worship, but how you worship. When the Messiah comes, you will see that you must worship in spirit and in truth. You will find salvation, not in practices that have been inspired by division, but in relationships that bring healing. You will find salvation in community, in dwelling with Christ and those who belong to Him. And these are very powerful, powerful words for us to hear today. You and I will find salvation, not in the practices that have inspired division, but in relationships that bring healing. We will find salvation in community, in dwelling with Christ and those who belong to Him. When the Messiah comes, this is how you will encounter God. And so she responds and she says, I know the Messiah is coming. And then she shares these words, hope stirs within her as she waits for the words of Jesus in reply. Because she has sensed in this encounter that the divine is with her. She has felt this grace and this love that has been poured out here at this well. An encounter with the Messiah has transformed her forever. And so after this encounter, as you go read this afternoon, you will note that she leaves everything and she runs off to the very place where she has been rejected. And she says to her community, come and see. Come and see what I have found at the well. Come and see the one who knows everything about me and loves me still. Come and see the Savior of the world. Friends, I want to fast forward a couple of thousand years to a community who live in Benoni in 2023. And I want us to think about our lives today. In the story we share, we note Jesus, we note the Samaritan woman. We note the community that has pushed her out. And I ask the question, who do we identify with in this story, in this narrative? Which character 
do we identify with? As you gather here this morning, are you and I perhaps the ones that have been cast out? Are we sitting at the well? Because nobody wants anything to do with us. Because we're holding on to our shame, our past. And the only place we feel we can be is on our own, away from everyone else. Sitting at a well. The next one is a tough one. Are we perhaps the ones who are casting others out? Are we living our lives that are all about us? What we want, our needs, and casting others out away from us. Who in our lives are we aware of that are lingering at the well in the heat of day? Not wanting to see us or speak to us, have anything to do with us. Do you know of people who are lingering at the well? Friends, I want to remind us of what Jesus is saying to the Samaritan woman, and he's saying to us who gather here at Northfield in Benoni. We'll find salvation not in practices that have inspired division, but in relationships that bring healing. You will find salvation in community, in dwelling with Christ and with those who belong to Him. See, you and I as the people of God are called. We are called as a church to seek out those who are different. To go to those we despise. To go to those whom the world deems unlovable or unworthy. To go to those who come to the world in the heat of day because they are no longer welcome. And so like Jesus, you and I are called to sit at the well and to offer compassion. We are called to sit at the well and just listen, to offer love, to be transformed ourselves through that special moment of encounter. Friends, other than the water tanks that we'll all visit today, there are many, many wells in our world. Some of these wells are tables. Tables where we gather as a community to share about this thing called faith. You know those places in your life. Some wells are in community where we engage with a friend and a colleague, maybe at work, who will never feel comfortable about walking into a church we are able to engage and to listen and to share. Some are when we sit with someone who is different to us, someone of another race or another gender or another sexual orientation, and just listen and stop judging. And I mean really listen when they talk about their experiences in community. Some of the wells are those chairs at retirement villages where we share stories with those who don't have any family that come and visit them. 
Wells are even in the aisles at pick and pay as you pick up some dog food for your puppy at home. And so I ask, what is the well in your life? Where is the well in your life? What place allows for an encounter that might just prove significant to you and to me? Where is the site that quenches another's thirst and satisfies our own hunger? That place that propels both of us to go from that place and tell the world to come and see, come and see what God is busy with in my life and in our community. Friends, in closing, wherever the well is for you, I want to remind us today that we are called to sit down and linger, to wait and watch for opportunities to offer grace to one another, to look beyond the stereotypes and the barriers and to invite other people into relationships with us and to go and share this living water that we have received from the Savior of the world that gave us living water, not to hold on to it, for ourselves, but to share it, to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ, and then to add the Holy Spirit as our helper, that through our deeds and our actions, we will be able to reflect to this broken world the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. And as we do that, Christ will be revealed to each one of us at the world's. Friends, I want to invite us into a time of prayer. I'm going to ask you as you are seated just to make yourselves comfortable. Be aware of God's Spirit that is moving amongst us as we share in this prayer today. And so God of mercy, our eyes this morning are drawn to this woman at the well who has been rejected by five husbands and clings to a thin commitment from a six. This woman is a lonely figure, God, drawing water in the sun, as she must guard her self-image from the women who arrive early in the day. Those who relish the chance to unleash their anxieties on her and make her the scapegoat for their own weaknesses. They amuse themselves by shredding her ego with biting words. Lord, we all know how it feels to be the target of such abuse. And so our hearts are flooded with empathy for the indignities that she endures. And so, loving God, when we become the bullseye, for slurs will remind us that we are your children whom you cherish. And, O oh God, when we become the object of someone's irritation, remind us that you treasure us of your, as your own. Help us not to be oversensitive to the comments of others and to grant too much authority to their words. Eternal God, the Samaritan woman, approach this well in great need. And at the bottom of the well was the spring-fed water that she desired to quench her thirst. 
Lord, deep within each of us. Deep down in our souls, your living water flows. It is the life by the blood that pulses throughout every fiber of our being. It is your grace that embraces us and your forgiveness that cleanses us. It is your joy and only your joy that bubbles up within us, affirming that life is a blessing. And so, God of compassion, we are grateful that Jesus reached out to this woman and did not allow the wall of culture barriers of rabbi and woman of Jew and Samaritan to silence him. Thank goodness he recognized her needs and he reached out to her. Thank goodness he showed her respect and goodwill. And so, mighty God, there are many of us today here in this sanctuary who are dehydrated souls in search of a well, longing, longing, longing for a new beginning. There are many of us who are parched and dry, our souls so shriveled that we have become cynical and despairing. And so we pray this morning, will you help us, O God? Help us to be like Jesus to them. Help us to be like Jesus in this world. And we pray, may your living water within us arouse our desire to drench others with love and sympathy and understanding and acceptance. For we know that your living water within us is never to be held back, but to be poured out so that all of us may swim in your living water. Amen.